Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz, co-host of The Ramsey Show. We hope you had an amazing Christmas. And now that you've got some time to unwind, get organized and catch up on your favorite podcasts before the new year. For this week's episodes, we're gonna try something a little different. So we've taken the most popular segments of The Ramsey Show history and created a limited series just for this week called The Best of The Ramsey Show. That means you'll hear some of our wildest, most inspirational, and possibly weirdest calls. In this episode, we're featuring the craziest family drama stories we've seen on the show. And let me warn you, it's crazy. These are some of my favorite moments from the show, and we think you're going to love it too. So enjoy. Jessica is in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm doing great, Dave. Thank you for taking my call. It's an honor to speak to you. You too. What's up? So um, I have a question about some inheritance that I received when my dad passed away. Um, My sister was purposefully written out of the will. And I have always wanted to, I think it's the right thing to share something with her, but I don't agree with the way she's financially lived her life and the decisions she's made. So I do not want to give her cash. The decision I made was to have some money set aside for wedding whenever she gets married and to make a one-time principal payment on her student loan that she's been carrying. And she now thinks it's a waste for me to make that payment. And she thinks you'll agree with her, which I know you won't. (laughs) Um, Why was she she cut out of the will? Um, The relationship between her and my dad fell apart years ago, and I believe my dad's stubbornness led it to not getting repaired. Mm. Okay. So. That's so sad. Yeah. Yes, I know it is. How long has he been gone? Five years. How old are you and how old is she? I'm 46 and she's 43. And, um, And obviously you guys have a pretty good relationship. Yes, we do. Okay. And how much money are you talking about? I, w- I want to make a $20,000 payment towards her student loan. And out of how much money did you receive? Um, let me see. I think about 150 total. Okay. All right. There's a part of you so, that is act- feels somewhat maternal towards her, that you don't trust her to make good decisions. Maybe a little bit in some ways. And so you're going to, um, you're going to give her, you're going to give her a gift because it's the right thing to do, but you're going to direct how it. If, if it feels like a weird relational dynamic for, between sisters, is is is, is well, that she's a, irresponsible with money? Right. Um, is that is yes, there a discomfort yes. there between the two of you? You said she was going to say that was a waste of a gift. Well, yes, because the direction she's going is she's uh, she's not doing anything to pay it off with any urgency. She's just writing it out until it gets to twenty five years, thinking the balance will be forgiven because of an income based repayment plan. And what I'm offering to give her and what she would pay over the next 13 years till that happens would not total the total balance of the loan. Hmm. Okay. Well, there's a lot of things going on here. Um, First, let's just talk about the public service student loan forgiveness program. As of today, the last note. I'm sorry? She's not even public service loan forgiveness. Why does she feel, oh, she just feels like in general it's going to be forgiven. Yeah, she found something online that says the the income-based repayment plan when the loan is at 25 years, the balance will be forgiven. 
Yeah, it hasn't been so far. 227,000 people have applied for student loan forgiveness under these programs. 3,700 out of 200,000 have gotten it. That's less than 1%. Right. And so um, her, she's, um, uh, she believes a lie about getting out of the student loan debt. So that's, that's one piece of information. So in that sense, right. um, you know, we, we got other problems with her student loan other than whether you give her money or whether she pays it off because that student loan's not going away unless the Biden administration and the Democratic Congress decides to forgive student loan debt, which is possible. Uh, for the first right. time in our history. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of uh, rhetoric in the last uh, four or five months uh, since the inauguration about that. So, uh, and there's no way to predict what they will actually do um, or if they will do anything other than just talk about it, you know, their Congress. Right. So, um, um, mm-hmm. normally, de- so, Normally, in a situation like this, I I want to give because it's something that I think is the right thing to do, and it always is hard when you come up against this moment when you think by by giving the right thing to do, I'm going to enable somebody to hurt themselves further. Is that where you're at, Jessica, or is it that you just don't like how she's spending it? Yes, I don't want to enable her bad behavior because she's obviously not going to put it towards the loan. It will most likely get at least somewhat wasted and, and spent. Uh, and I really want to really want to help her. Yeah. If, um, yeah, is there, if we could take the student loan out of the thing, it would change the equation for me. I mean, does she have a car loan or something you can just pay off? No, she doesn't. Uh, this is her only debt. About our house, this is her, own, this is her only debt. Is this her only debt? As far as I know, yes. And the interesting thing is, is you all have talked about it to where the language has changed to where now she feels entitled to it. I'm not, like I entitled know to tell you what to do with the money you're giving her. That was interesting part of the thing too. Yeah. So, wow, I don't know what to tell you. I, um, I think I, you know, here's an idea. When in doubt, don't. And just say, you know what, I want to do something to honor you out of this inheritance because I think you got a raw deal. But I also don't want to participate in a delusional situation, and your student loan's not – I don't think your student loan's going away. Um, and so how much does she owe? I think 92. And what does she make? She makes now about 60. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I might offer to match her for every $5,000 she puts on it. You'll put 5000 on it. Um, oh, I like that idea. But, um, but, 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 you know, and it's just, it's just you and her talking and you're just saying, I, you know, you're an adult, you have the right to do what you want to do, sister. But, uh, <laughs> but I also have that and I, I cannot give you money for, I agree with you that giving you money for this is going to end up being wasted because you're not going to get it paid off and then it's going to be a bigger problem because you you think it's going to go away. I don't think it's going to go away. So I really don't want to put the 20 on that. And so I don't know how to give you money, 
because you're mis- because I think what you're doing with this is irresponsible. And so I love you, and I want you to win. And so what we're going to do right now is nothing. I'm just going to sit back and watch a little bit. And and if you decide you want to get after the student loan, and I'll put some money towards it with you, and I'll help you. But until you do, I, right now I'm just going to watch because I, I want to do something, but I don't know how to do it right now. And so what I'm going to do is wait. Okay. And in the meantime, should I do something different with it other than it just sitting in my savings account at the bank? Yeah. Well, you can do whatever you want. I mean, it's not, it's, it, you can put it in a mutual fund if you want, and then you can pull it out and give it to her. But um, later on, but it's just the, the biggest thing here is it's just all tied back to this heartbreaking relationship between her and your dad. Yeah, that's the part I don't like about it, Dave, is it because dad did what he did, now she's holding this. And she's got to make one of two choices. Either I'm going to become dad and mm-hmm. I'm going to use my relational position and my money to keep you to, to, and not share it with you because of your decisions, your choices. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm replaying what just happened. Oh, that's true. Or hmm. I'm going to give you money knowing that I'm just throwing this it in the wind. This is a no win. I'm throwing it in the wind. That's it's a right. no win. And so my impulse, um, there's always wisdom in, hey, just, just, it, it, it's just, just do nothing. That's right. all I said, yeah. And then my thought is, you know what? I'm just gonna get, I'm a, I'm gonna free myself from this. And so I it, it's the same impulse, just the other side. Which if you feel in your heart's the right thing, Dad did a raw deal. And the right thing to do is to give money. The right thing to do is to give money and forget it. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. about Yeah, and that's where I want to. It's not on you. It, well, it drills down to if someone's if someone's doing drugs, someone's hurting themselves versus they're gonna go buy a dumb car, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But man, especially when you're holding that money, you could really help them with their student loan. It's hard. It's just a messy situation. Monique is with us in Bangor, Maine. Hi, Monique. How are you? Very well. Thank you to Kelly for taking my call today. Sure. If you got by her, your life's good. What's That's up? That's a good move, Monique. So I am looking for some guidance from Dave and Dr. Delaney about my will. Um, I have two daughters, one of whom is doing very well financially. She and her husband are in the 1%. And the other daughter earns about 50000 And for several years, I felt uncomfortable about how to, like, divide up the assets. I'm an everyday millionaire. Um, but more recently, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't want to give either of them any money. Why? I, I, I feel like I've worked so hard my whole life. I paid for college for them. I've paid over half million dollars for college for them. And they've turned into socialists. And, and they just... <laughs> but, but they have. And, and well, I feel you sit like, on the wrong college. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Monique, yeah. you're my favorite call maybe in two months. <laughs> I, I know we're all laughing. No, but we're with frankly, you. We're with you. I'm depressed. I'm yeah. very depressed about where I see my children heading, and I think I don't want my money to go to them, and I feel terrible about that. You shouldn't. They're not entitled. They didn't hit the DNA lottery. They're not entitled. Uh, my children have been instructed since they were small that in order to get the opportunity to manage the money that God gave me to manage, meaning that I panned off the responsibility to manage some of the Ramsey fortune to them, uh, they will have to be people of character. Socialists are not people of character. <laughs> uh, okay. They're, they're parasites. 
And so um, if my children are going to be parasites, I'm not going to finance their lives so that they have a reality show. Is there a way to put money in, let's say, a trust where they couldn't get access to it to they were, let's say, 70 years old? Well, I, I mean, then they'd just be a 70-year-old they... socialist, right? <laughs> well, but I, I'm hoping by then they will have kind yeah. of woken up. You can. I put uh, Mine is... my. All of our estate is trust-based, and our trust is, uh, um, we've done it from a faith perspective, not an economics perspective. <laughs> but uh, if they're not walking with God, they don't get to manage God's money. It's what the trust says. Really? Yep. In no uncertain terms. And so, uh, you know, in your case, you could change that lingo and just go, you know, when you become a capitalist, you get the opportunity <laughs> to manage this money. Monique, here's what I would do. I would take some time to distill down beyond the monikers and the book labels. Report on Atlas Shrugged. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic, um, man. I am not usually at a loss for words, and you got me on that one, um, Monique. I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to distill down beneath the quote-unquote word socialist. Okay, what are the things that they are saying that concerns you? that you think that you are leaning into, and I want you to have a, a direct, straight conversation about what these things are, and then I want you to identify them. And like Dave said, it's your money. You can do what you want to with it. I, I've seen more and more over the last four or five years a lot of semantic shell games, and once you sit down and talk to somebody, it's like, oh, we're way on the same page. I yeah. just thought this about this about that, right? Yeah. I, I think you can say that... I, I, you are not required morally, ethically, legally, spiritually to leave your money to people that you do not agree with how they live their lives. Period. Full stop. In there. Right? So, now, once you've said that, then you can start to have some discussions with them that are very gentle and very life-giving and, 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 and very yeah. kind and yeah. very clear. And it's like, okay, you know, I've paid for all this stuff for you. And truthfully, I don't agree with the way you're living your life, and I'm not willing to finance that going forward. Right. And so it's up to you if you want to do that. I'm not being controlling. I just want to let you know that I'm going to go ahead and do a reading of the will, and you're not going to be in it as long as you're living this way, whatever this way is. If your kid's a heroin addict, you sit down with them and go, I'm not funding your heroin But what you with did my death. that is unique is you articulated what that meant. Not it, You're not vague. Yeah, no, right? no. I'm very clear. Very clear. It's, it's unbelievably detailed, it, and it costs... That's all money to be very clear. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the legal fees on this were amazing. Lucas is in Phoenix. Hey, Lucas, what's up? Nothing much, Dave. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. How can I help? So I am 19 years old. I just graduated high school probably about two months ago. I have no debt. Um, I've been working uh, a lifeguarding job here in Arizona for about roughly four years. So I'm on good terms with them. However, it doesn't pay a lot. So I've been incorporating my new landscaping business. Um, and then that's been really taken off. Um, so the issue is with all of this is I've been recently kicked out of the home and it's not been for, you know, not going to college or being lazy or alcohol or drugs or anything like that. Um, it just really, you don't really see eye to eye. And we, so we tried going to like, you know, therapy and whatnot to try to work through that, but this really hasn't been working out. So my mom wanted me out. And I've been staying with uh, a friend of mine who goes to my same church. And so we've been, you know, he's been mentoring me and kind of teaching me some stuff about finances and whatnot, just trying to help me get my feet up underneath me. Um, and so my, my whole goal here is to try to do a minimal, a minimalistic mindset 
um, just so that way I can focus into more of my future, not my, you know, like the present and, you know, wasting money on certain things. And so right now I have no credit history. Um, and so it's very difficult to, you know, buy anything that's going to help me live somewhere. Right. So, um, currently I'm with him. And so I'm thinking of, um, getting like a mini camper that I can pull on the back of my truck and I have an actual place to park it. Um, and it's about 17,000, um, outright. So if I walk out the door, it's about $17,000 to buy that. Now, I don't want to lease it very, you know, cause they, they go down in value so quickly and it's, it's really just a bad deal that way. So I really don't know what to do because all I have right now is about thirty-seven dollars to $4,000. It's mm. kind of a scary place, Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it really, uh, it is. And, um, yeah, it, it, it kind of woke me up a little bit. Yeah. So, um, you have a landscaping business and you are making what kind of income? So, um, when I'm just kind of using it as a side gig, which was, um, you know, a couple of years ago, it was making in, you know, a hundred bucks here, 300 there. Now, I mean, Recently, what are you making? I've made what do you, make? you need money right now. What are you making right now? Correct. Right now, um, like for the past week or so, I've probably brought in about $2,000 within a week and a half, two weeks. Doing what? Uh, just landscaping. Okay. All right. And so you're out there hustling up landscaping business, right? Oh yeah. I'm out there every single day. Um, then, then my land, my, you know, my, uh, lifeguarding that, um, if I was to work close to 40 hours a week, I'm making about 1407 after taxes every two weeks. The paycheck that's bringing me down to about 813 to 800 bucks, which is nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the landscaping is going to make you a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. Especially if you, that I'm if you can get that business. Myself. On top of that, what? Oh, on top of I'm just I'm working for myself, so it's more meaningful. It has greater potential. Yeah. That type of stuff. Right this second, I don't give a crap about that. I'm just trying to get you where you have shelter and food. Gotcha. Uh, your your life's meaning is way down my list right now for you. I just want you to have a place to live and food and um, right. stability, sustainability. Then we can worry about meaning and self-actualization and um, those kinds of things. But right now I've got a 19-year-old homeless kid um, on the phone, and that, that's what's running through my head. So, um, no, you do not need to buy a $17,000 camper under any circumstances. Okay. Okay. Not a good move. You have four thousand dollars. If you can find a ratty old used one for a thousand bucks, which you probably actually mm-hmm. can, and you want to live in that for uh, four months while you build up some more cash and stabilize your income, and then go rent an apartment with a roommate, that's okay. If you can, so can how long can that. you live with the guy you're with? Uh, she said, I mean, as long as it, it takes, as long as I'm working my, you know, pardon me, working on my butt off to get myself stabilized. And I do have a very good work ethic. Like I'm out here working okay. a ton. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not questioning that. Okay. So, right. um, so we need to define that because when someone comes to stay in my home, I want to know when they're leaving. <laughs> gotcha. Right. Yes, and I don't want to stay there because it's not I know, my home, right? I know, it's but not... I just as long as it takes could be till you're 29. He didn't mean that, so I want to right. know what so he, he meant. He's okay? thinking. I'm. So what he's meaning is like six months. 
Okay. You know, Mac. Let's just and do so that. That listen, to me is, listen, you listen, know. Let's just do that. Yeah. Let's just stay there for a while. Okay. And, and let's so, see how, and, so, listen, and, listen, and build up. Yeah, how yeah, big okay. a pile of cash can you build up during that time and get your income stabilized and then get a roommate, right? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you have very little expenses right now, Lucas. So I want you to take advantage of that while this, this man is giving you a lot of grace. Uh, and like Dave's mm-hmm. saying, I would not go into debt for this camper. I know you want to live this minimalist life, and I respect that. That's not minimalist. But $17,000 camper when you're broke is not minimalist. Yeah. You, I think you should need to rent and get a roommate if that after that six months you don't have enough for that camper. But that camper is not going up in value, and it's a depreciating asset. So it's basically like you saying, hey, can I take out a loan for $17,000 to get a truck? And we're going to say no. So I want you to, to live your dreams. You're 19. you got a lot of life ahead of you. But right now you need a solid foundation. You don't have that. And so you've got a great work ethic like you're talking about. Use that to your advantage. And use this free rent to your advantage and sock away. Maybe you could save up five, ten grand, go rent somewhere for another six months, and maybe a year or two from now you get that camper. Uh, here's my prediction, okay? Listen, mm-hmm. Just listening to you. If you'll stay on the track and probably going to lose the uh, lifeguard job for more hours on the landscaping, if you can get more and more and more landscaping business, you're going to stabilize your income in the next four months at three to $4,000 a month. And you're going to have okay. about $10,000 in the bank four months from now. With that gotcha. situation, you can go rent an apartment and get a roommate or rent a room from somebody uh, very inexpensively and then take your next step, which is continue, okay. to continue to grow your business and start thinking about your careers, but paying cash all the way. This camper, um, then- it sounds kind of romantic and like, you're again, you're being sacrificial or something, but it's really going to end up being a long-term bad play. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to talk you out of that one. Yeah, it's a tough lifestyle. I know it sounds fun. I mean, you're 19. You could probably swing it for a year or two. But eventually you just want a real place to go and sleep. So, Yeah, yeah and just, you know, here, here's the thing. If you can get your home situation sustainable and stabilized, then you can start working on your career. And you can start looking out and thinking about your future. And you can start thinking about, you know, investing and upgrading and whatever. You know, taking some classes or doing whatever it is you want to do with your life. There's a lot of things you can do from there. But for right now, let's get the food, shelter, clothing, transportation, and utilities going. Get those basic things underway. And that, that's what I'd tell you to do first. And um, along the way, um, even if you're not living there, Stay in touch with your mom and your dad. Tell them what's going on. Um, not, I don't know what all has happened here. I can't tell. Um, but that's not what this call's about, but it is what it's about. That's what puts you here. Um, so I, I, I want you to continue to work on that relationship if there's any way possible. Obviously, if you can't, you can't. But um, you, you want to have tried everything. You do not want to live in regret on that. And so... Um, you know, maybe you and your mom can be friends when you don't live there. Maybe that takes the stress off of it. I don't know how all that works in your world, but, um, uh, just make sure you just let them know you're okay and that you're working and, um, that you care about them. Candace is with us in Sacramento. Hi, Candace. Welcome to the Ramsey show. Hi guys. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Uh, 
So I'm having a bit of a moral dilemma that I'd love your advice on. Um, My son, he's 19 years old, and um, we have decided as a family, including him in the decision-making process, that, you know, he's got to be out on his own on June 1st. Um, We are a month away, and he has no money saved, um, and his plan is to go live on a friend's couch in the bad part of town where the two-bedroom apartment that has five people already living in it. So my husband and I are debating, do we give him more time? Um, he's shown no motivation to do anything more than to save. Um, so we're just trying to figure out uh, what to do. And he's our first teenager, so we need some help. <laughs> wow. That's some hard discussions, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, we, we, he's a very unmotivated teenager, um, just works at the drive-in, making 1200 bucks uh, a month. You know, he could probably pay to run an apartment with some friends, but he's done nothing to save. He's making dumb, stupid kid decisions. Um, So we feel like maybe he won't go do anything if we don't kick him out. Uh, So, yeah, what what are your thoughts? Mm. Coleman, what would your dad have done? Uh, well, I, I feel like there needs to be some, some details here on the backstory. It sounds like there's been some behavior that's violating some, yeah. some values and some house rules that are just at this point, you and your husband are saying this is non-negotiable, and I guess he's admitted to this, and that's where we got to the agreement of June 1. Is that yes. is that a quick? Okay. Well, yes, my, dad, um, my, my dad would have held to the June 1, despite the fact that I would have been woefully, uh, in this scenario, if this is me and I'm not prepared, he would have held to it. And I, I got to tell you, I've got uh, teenagers myself, and I'm trying to put myself into this situation, Candace. But I think that failure in my life uh, has been the greatest teacher. Uh, and there's all different types of failure here, and it's really hard as a parent. Uh, I don't have it figured out, and uh, but so in this situation, I'd hold to it. You and his dad and him are in the discussion, right? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, and we've been we we decided this back in February after he got fired from like his third you know little minimum wage job, um, and we were like, "Come on, dude, you gotta you gotta start doing something." And he was just you know partying a lot, uh, mm-hmm. coming home at all hours. He doesn't you know, and he was paying rent to us then, and so I was doing what you know Ao has had his dad do back mm-hmm. in the day, which mm-hmm. was you know he'd pay us rent and we'd save it, and then one day when he moved out, we were going to give it to him. But then he got a speeding ticket, so, you know, we were like, well, luckily we had this money saved for you. Uh, we, he, he hears you in my office every day, all day, mm. so he knows the baby steps. But there's, yeah. you know, there's nothing to get his life together. Yeah. So, Well, um, you know, I'm going to take a page out of Dr. John's book that I might not have a year ago. Um and I'm probably going to write all of this down as a letter for him to have mm, okay. and physically carry with him. And the letter also includes not only the things that um, he's not done, but it includes the fact that um, any time that you want some help, any time that you're ready to move in the direction that are consistent with the values that we've taught you, we will help you do that. We are not carving you out of our life. As a matter of fact, we are heartbroken. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my heart's broken just listening. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine anything harder and sadder. Um, but 
uh, you, you know, that you run the danger if you go the other direction of being an enabler, and he'll be 29 and still doing the same thing. Right, that's what we're afraid of. Yeah, because there's no progression and no pain to move him off a dead center. So um, it might be that, that that's what his wake-up call is. And you've heard A.O.'s story. His dad kicked him out. He lived in his car. Yeah. Because he, yeah. Was, he was a smart ankle and smart off at his mother and, uh, you know, run up a bunch of debt and got kicked out of school and they threw him out. And he lived in his car for a year. But his dad checked with him every week mm-hmm. and made sure he was okay, but let him live in his car. You know, mm. and so, and, yeah. you know, AO tell you that's the best thing ever happened to him. Um, when he, and, but when he did say, all right, dad, I'm ready to straighten up and come home. First thing he handed him was a Dave Ramsey budget and he got on it by God then, you know, because he was, <laughs> because he's, mm-hmm. his little, his little tail was yeah. ready, but that's AO's story uh, in, a, in a nutshell. And so I'm thinking the thing you don't want to do with this is just abandon him to himself. I still want to okay. keep. I still want to keep as much love and influence over him as I possibly can by constantly extending, not help that enables, not help that causes him to continue on the same path, but any sign that's positive, I'm going to meet him on that sign. And, you know, he goes and gets a job. Dad, I want to try to get out of debt. Good. If you start working on your debts, I'll pay some of it. I'll pay. You know, I'll match whatever you put on your debt. Or uh, mm-hmm. Mom, I'm going to start doing a budget and, okay, come over here and sit down. We'll have dinner and I'll show you and I'll coach you with this and I'll meet with you over coffee once a week. And you're not abandoning him. That's my point. Okay. And yeah. That, yeah. that would make this the only way it's tolerable for me emotionally. Mm-hmm. It's real hard. Yeah. yeah. Candace, yeah. I, I, I like Dave's idea of the letter. I would add a section in there on what you and your husband have noticed about him, his brightest moments in life, whether it have been on the sporting field or in the classroom or at this a science is fair. Your, this is when you're your best. Yeah, and this is what we yeah. see, and you've got all this potential. This teacher said in the sixth grade about you, I would remind him of his tremendous value, and I would also say, hey, we believe that there's a unique role that you were put on this planet to fill, and we will help you get there uh but this is an agreement and you know whatever else you want to put in there but i would i would show a lot of value there and let him see that uh and then i think i love dave's point on checking in when he wakes up in his own vomit after partying (laughs) partying all night that letter's laying there that's right and he remembers the value he remembers his value i'm just curious real quick has he ever Mm -hmm. shared a dream with you for his future um yeah he has a well I don't know if I necessarily 100% align with it, but... I didn't um, ask you that. Dream, what did he say? Yeah. <laughs> his dream um, is he wants to go into business, um, in the dispensary business, because in California, you know, marijuana is legal. Mm. Um, so, uh, but he likes the medicinal purposes of it, and yeah. so he wants to go into that world, but you have to be 21. So yeah. for him, his Actually, dream is Actually, he just wants hold. a way to get free pot. That yeah. has nothing to do with I'm it. With you, yeah. I'm with that's you on that really one. what it is. That's yeah. bull. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I'm like, bull. you know... <laughs> I've been encouraging him to, um, you know, he, you know, he got offered a job to work um, as like an activity director for, you know, a old, um, older, elderly people home. Yeah. Are and you so guys, are you guys in a good church? That. Candace, are y'all in a good church? Yeah, I am. He, my son hit or miss on if he goes. No, your husband too? My husband does not go. No. Okay. I think you all ought to get some people in your corner that are walking this out with you. Yeah. Because you're going to have idiots say this is tough love, and it's not tough love. It's just love. 
right, today's question comes from Hannah in Florida. I am 21, married, and a new parent to a son. My parents approached me recently about funding their retirement because I, quote, owe them. There's been a lot of damage done in the past, and to be completely honest, I have lost respect for them. Well, no kidding. I'm unsure how to handle me this. Me too, and, and I just met them. I, yeah, yeah. I'm uninviting them to my birthday just on this. I'm no unsure pizza for you, Mom. How to handle this and where to go with the relationship. Um, I think the famous song says, get that dirt off your shoulder, <laughs> brush it off, and move on. I don't know what to say, man. Um, you don't owe your parents retirement. God. Um, yes, there's clearly been a lot of damage done, and now they're circling back for – Round Restitu- two, round seven, yeah, round yeah. seven, yeah. Um, at this point, you need to be confident and strong. You've got a new family, and unfortunately, um, the old saying goes, "Not by your hand, but in your lap." Somebody put a grenade in your lap, and you got to deal with it. And that means you've got to be the adult in the situation. And twenty-one. Um, I think. I think there's a. Here's how I approach this, Dave. She gets the opportunity to demonstrate how an adult handles problems. And so it's, it could be easy to say, I'm going to block him, never talk to him again. And what that does is it shoves that problem in a, in a box and throws it in the ocean. But the, there's, it's, the problem's still there. I think she reaches out, probably in writing, and says, I'm not going to do this. And by the way, me and my husband have talked about boundaries. And here's how we're moving forward. Um, this is so toxic and so gross. I don't even know what to do with it. Um, but it is what it is. And those parents do exist. Um, proof you don't have to pass a test to be a parent, right? Um, because some of you people would flunk. All right, now and start again. But um, wow. I so yeah. Pick up Henry Cloud's book, Boundaries, honey. Yeah. Uh, because you're gonna have to learn to set them, and you're 21 years old. Yeah. And it's not fair that this is coming at you. Your your parents are weird. Um, you don't owe them a retirement. And um, what you can do is just lovingly but very strong say, smile, calm, no yelling, no screaming, no cussing. Uh, just, um, no, we don't owe you a retirement, and no, we're not doing that. Uh, what we owe you is to love you, and we do that. We love you, and we cheer for you, and we hope it works out for you good. We hope you do well, and we'll be cheering for you. And, um, you know, if you're ever hungry, Holler, and uh, we'll make you a meal. You can come over and hang out as long as you behave while you're here. That's right. But um, you don't have to cut them out of your life. You don't have to hold them back. Now, I will warn you this. Okay, when people that don't have good boundaries, i.e. your parents, okay, e.g. your parents, um, people that don't have good boundaries, when you give them boundaries, they generally don't like it. They flip out. So do not expect this to go like, Oh, darling, I'm sorry. I never thought about it that way. No, th- these are people that are going to go. You're ungrateful. We pay for this. Dad gum travel agent yeah. for guilt trips, that's right? And that's what they're going to be. So you know, no, don't expect anything but them to go cray cray on you. And just because something is uncomfortable, or just because something breaks your heart, doesn't mean it's the wrong thing. Expect them to come back and make you sad, to hurt your feelings, to be immature, morons, and you still did the right thing. Because we kind of have established that they are that. Wow. Already. I'm trying to put myself in a situation where I would – can you imagine calling Rachel and Daniel in? It's, hey, guys, listen, um, me and your mom did remember some that time, Remember that time I bought you diapers? You owe me. I've done the math. And, remember uh, that time I fed you? You owe me. You remember that time I, you know. Just whatever. 
you know, took, did whatever for you like, I did like a parent would do. Yeah, but you now owe me. I can't even wrap my head around that conversation. Yeah. And it's just, uh, man, I'm sorry that you're going through this. It's, it's heartbreaking. And, honey, this is not going to be easy, and it's not going to be over quick. But the answer is you don't owe them, and you have to gently and kindly say, no. All I owe you is to love you, and I will pay that debt. And she points to it. I know this isn't the first time you've been put in a situation with him. It won't be the last time. That's why yeah. Dave's recommendation, that book Boundaries, practice with you and your husband. Y'all come up with some rules of the road for your new family and yeah. stick to them, man. Yeah. What is a rule of thumb you've experienced over the years telling kids your salary? Because I really like having especially my 11-year-old down there watching us do the budget and watching because I want him to have an understanding. Here's how much electricity costs and water costs and those kind of things. But also just have an innate fear of him running around school saying, hey, what does your parents make? My parents, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh, you know, I shared all the expenses, but I never shared the income. Okay. Until they were 18. Okay. Or until they were in college or whatever. Gotcha. They knew we were doing okay, yeah. you know, kind of thing. But they... um uh, I didn't, but we were also trying to protect our kids from the celebrity crap as well. Right. You know, they, the, um, cause we were trying to make sure they don't play the Dave card at school mm-hmm. to try to get some kind of favor, right. you know, or something. My dad's Dave Ramsey, you know, that kind of bull crap. Mm-hmm. And so you just got to step on that with a big foot. And so, um, truthfully, none of them ever did it much except Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I th- <laughs> I think my son lies about his last name. No, it's Delaunay. <laughs> I'm not that guy. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. And there's some of that. I mean, because there's two sides to that part. That's right. right. I mean, there's a lot of French guys in tr- Fairview. Try, try being in a financial, uh, a personal finance class in college and your dad's name is oh, Dave Ramsey. Geez. Yeah, that would be a pain in the butt. So <laughs> that, that really happened. Um, didn't go well. <laughs> and so... Uh, uh, but yeah, there's, there's two, and I can there's see Rachel. Sides. She won't back down either. No, and, and yeah, uh, Daniel would nod politely. Rachel would say, "Excuse me." <laughs> yeah, so Daniel good. waited till the end of the semester and then told the guy's last name. Right, right. He he didn't even get it. The guy didn't even understand how stupid he was. But um, the uh, uh, but the yeah, I, uh, no, we didn't share incomes and uh. But it's protecting an eleven-year-old from himself, I think. But well, and they, yeah, they because they just um. You know, they uh, even if something is the truth, you don't want them bragging. That's, or that's right. You don't want them uh, embarrassing themselves right. or the family or whatever else. I mean, it's just you don't want them being that kid. You know, right. like uh, rub. You know, my dad makes so and so, or my mama makes so and so. Yeah. You know, it, you know that. that ugh, that's a gross kid. But I like there. that idea of of sharing the expenses, making sure they see the. Yeah, they did. Sheet. I mean, I remember distinctly. Rachel and uh, maybe Denise sitting at the kitchen table, and we're going over the electric bill, and Denise goes, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. it costs so much to buy electricity. And, like, Rachel looked at her and goes, I guess that's why they're telling us to close the door all the time. (laughs) Turn the lights off. It's like, but there was this, no pun intended, light bulb moment that came on, right? And, um, you know, and it's just, but that, that's really good. I love those conversations. And, and, you know, get the mutual fund statement out and go, here's the share price and here's the number of shares Mm -hmm. in your college fund. Right. And so how do you figure out what your, how much money's in your college fund? You multiply those times each other. I love that. And it's a little, little sixth grade math lesson, fourth grade math lesson there. I love it. Whatever it it is to get to that point and, and work that through, but it's value building, and uh, and then you have to you know you have to constantly correct uh, for them 
We just we squashed out any type of entitlement. Oh yeah, stuff like Rachel and I told the story in the uh, Smart Money Smart Kids series in the book and in the the teaching series she does in Ramsey Plus. Um, Daniel was a little guy, you know, about seven eight years old. And we finally got a decent car after mm-hmm. going broke, and you know, and you know, we had an old. We're old Southern people, so you get a new car, everybody piles in, you go for a little ride, sure. right? That's a like a celebration of the buying the new car. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. And so Daniel gets he leans back in the back seat all the way back, and he goes. We're doing pretty good. <laughs> yes. And I said, honey, we ain't doing anything. You got nothing. <laughs> you got nothing. I'm doing pretty good. You, you're you just along for the ride, buddy. And so uh, he's like, the kids told that story for years because like Daniel's like, okay, okay. I just thought. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> When I got this latest truck, this, this uh, fine 06 model, Hank got in it. And he looked at it. He looked at me. Based on the old truck I was driving. Yeah. It's a pretty sizable upgrade. He said, Dad, are we rich? <laughs> I yeah, said, yeah. Yes, we are, son. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> we have a good use pickup. That's right. We are rich. <laughs> <laughs> this truck cost five digits. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> not just uh <laughs> yeah, not, not everybody has a five digit pickup. <laughs> this truck had a ten in front of the comma. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Whoa, Dad. That's right, son. <laughs> Stay close to your old man. He'll get you places. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, well, the the thing is, yeah, you do want to share. And the, on the other side, the other thing we run into with kids, how much to discuss, is when things aren't going well. Right. You don't want to scare them, right? You can terrify kids. Yeah, you can terrify them. We're going to get foreclosed on and thrown <laughs> in the street. Yes. And that, you know, that that's trauma that they'll carry into their 40s. <laughs> right. You know, but instead you just go, you know, mom and dad got this. It's going to be okay. It's it, We're having some bad times, though. Yeah, and you just keep it where they can digest it. Mm-hmm. And obviously you can disclose more to a 14-year-old than you can a 4-year-old, yeah. at least hypothetically. Yep. And um, I've learned in those conversations that touch is a huge settling thing for a kid. Hmm. Um, if I'm having a hard conversation with, with a young kid, I'm going to sit them on my lap. I'm going to make sure I'm touching their face, touching their hands. And it's a grounding force for a kid. They can hear it and they can see me, right? Hmm. Um, as opposed to just throwing off a piece of information that I got more context to. And that kid's going to take that and just run with it, right? Hmm. And they're so like neural pathways. Type. It's just I need them to be grounded and know that yeah. I'm, I got but you. Touch. I yeah. got you. We're here. This is a hard season. This is really tough times. And um, dad's working a plan with mom, and we're going to figure this out. Because they, they, um, they, they, they can sense it. They can feel the stress in the air. And if you don't call it out, they will assume that stress is created by them, and they will spend the rest of their life trying to solve it. Yeah. Right. And they got you got to let them know there is stress in the air. It is not you. In fact, you're the best part of this. And we're, we're going to make it. We're having grown up challenges. And we, luckily, you it. got grown up assaulting them. That's we're gonna right. We're going to make it. That's right. We're going to make it. That yeah. car, that car is not going to be in the driveway anymore. Mm-hmm. We're going to make it. Yeah. We sold the boat. <laughs> oh boy. You know, we're going to make it. Yeah. And um, but you're going to be okay. We're going to have food. Mm-hmm. And we got each other. And we're going to go kick a soccer it. ball out right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and work we'll work it out. But that's um you gotta be real careful because well children deserve to know. Mm, not really. You can weaponize truth in a way that makes you feel tough and makes you feel back in control. Don't do that to a kid. Yeah. Right. Call your buddy and tell him you're scared to death. And that's yeah. why you gotta have people in your life, right? 
Yeah, and you know, and and but it is good to also the other side of it is to acknowledge it. You need to acknowledge it. Gotta keeping call it, it out. keeping it completely stuffed. They know something's up, and they they think it's worse than it is. Okay, you guys, I hope you enjoyed this special episode. We'd love to know your thoughts. And if you want more best of content like this, send your feedback to ask at RamseySolutions.com.